Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Ardent Wife, the Passionate Wife. That's what Ardent Means podcast. I am joined here with my sisters in Christ, Dee and Jen, and today we're going to talk to you about Titus. But before I get started, like every time, I forgot to tell you all this, but you know, this is just girls chatting, right? Every time that intro song comes in, I'm like in the background dancing. So I hope everybody at home is dancing too, because I'm like, <laughs> God, you know, trying to get my little, okay, there's a little okay. fire on that. Yeah. yeah just, you know, right. The beat <laughs> drops. It's like when the beat drops, even Reese for when the beat drops, she ready. <laughs> Maybe she get that from her mom, but okay. So today we are talking about Titus. Like in our introduction episode, we talked a lot about wanting to um, mentor women and to share our stories. Like the Lord has, we've been through a lot of things as individually as women, and we want to share that. And for the listeners out there, I'm sure you have a BC too, a before Christ, and you've been through some things. And we know that the Lord uses that, that nothing is wasted. And so we want to share that. And so that's where we come from with Titus 2. In Titus, uh, in Titus 2, um, Paul gives instruction to Titus. So before we even get to the what the older women, I'm sure you all have heard that scripture before. Or if you haven't, it's it starts in Titus 2, verses 3 through f- uh, 5. And that's when it talks about, it starts to talk about older women do this, younger women do this. But before we jump into that, get into the nitty gritty of it, just wanted to take some time and give some context here to Titus 2 who wrote Titus, why it was written, and how it applies to us today as women in the 21st century century, over 2,000 years later. Because sometimes we read our Bibles and it can seem like, oh, that was then and that was, you know, it can become like a history book. But we have to read it from a point of applicability, like this wisdom that the Lord has all of scripture, right? It's God breathed and it's, and it's very, it's beneficial to us. So, Um, Just to give a little context in Titus, Paul is writing to Titus and he's left Titus on this island of Crete. And this is in chapter one, verse five. And he's told him to appoint elders in every town and to put in order what remains. And essentially what's happening in Crete. And if you jump down to Titus one, chapter chapter one, verses verse 10, it says, For there are many who are insubordinate, this is the ESV version, empty talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision party. They must be silenced since they are upsetting whole families by teaching for shameful gain what they ought not to teach. He's telling Timothy, therefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in faith not devoting themselves to Jewish myths and the commands of people who turn away from the truth. Let's jump down to, to verse 16 before I go into that. Verse 16 says, they profess to know God, but they deny him by their works. They are detestable, disobedient, unfit for any good work. So Paul is essentially saying, you know, these people who say they know God, right? They know him, but they deny him by their works. So even today, a lot of us, and I have been in this place too, 
you know, my before Christ, I was going to church on Sundays. I was tied on Sundays. I was going to Bible study, but my works, right? I was denying him by my works. Transitioning into Titus 2, Paul says, but as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. And sound essentially means healthy and whole, like teach what accords with, that means that is in agreement with, that agrees with. And so basically that comes to, if you say you know God, then your actions should then agree with what you say you know. So there's this, um, they're not inseparable. They have to go together. Your actions, your deeds, your works have to agree with what you say you know. So then we get into these are the acts then that don't deny, you know, God, but they show that you do. So when we get in chapter two and we get to the women now coming to the women, starting in verse three, older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanders or slaves of much wine. They are to teach what is good. And in verse four, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive. Ooh to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. So for those of you who are listening out there, the word of God can be reviled by what you say. And here, Paul is laying out what it looks like, the behaviors or acts or actions and deeds of women who say they know God. So if you say you know God, then are you doing these things? <laughs> I have to, I'm not doing them always all the time, Lord, but I'm doing my best. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I feel like um, you're, I love how, first of all, I love how you shared that you BC before Christ, she was going to church and tithing. There's a lot of people that wouldn't admit to that because you're going to church and tithing, but Christ wasn't in your heart. You were just going through the motions. And so that right there, heart posture is absolutely everything. And that changes how you do things. And when you're living instead of for yourself so that you can check off the box that you went to church and you tithe and that somebody else saw it and you're living so that you can honor the Lord, you love your children, your husband different. You love your children different. You have spiritual disciplines that require self-control and you strive to be pure so that you can be closer to the Lord and you, your home is your first ministry. Like that's where we're called to. And so you put that as a priority versus your platform or whatever ministry that you're trying to get accolades for. And you're kind because you, you have the Holy spirit dwelling in you, you have the fruit of the spirit. Um, I'd say 85% of the time dwelling within you because you're still trying to walk righteous. Right. And because of that, you have no problem submitting or being subject to your husband. And so I feel like it's definitely a heart posture. And when, for me, when that changed in our marriage, we've been married for 19 years, that's where I feel like fruit, fruitful, is it fruitful? No, fertile, fertile soil was placed <laughs> for more things to grow. Um, yeah. And so, and it's because, not because I love my husband, but because I love first because he's a brother in Christ. So that alone, I love him. And then because he's my eternal partner as a brother in Christ. And so with that, I'm going to show him respect. And I love Ephesians 5, 33, 
um, I think it's the amplified version that I kind of gravitate to because it tells us how to respect our husbands, to revere them, to notice them, to um, adore them and admire them and love them. Uh, let me pull up the scripture, but those are that's respect. And when you have a foundation of respect, it becomes mutual because they're going to want to revere you and notice you, love and admire you and respect you too. And so I feel like it all starts with the foundation of Jesus abiding in him, right? And not just checking in. And then he puts the different parts that allows you to respect your husband and love your husband. And then you show that by example, your children see that in your marriage, people around you, if you're in community and church, see that. And that's how it, that fertile soil becomes a massive. I've been really talking about gardening a lot because I'm into it right now, but that was a really <laughs> fruitful harvest. So. Well, it's interesting y'all, because I think, you know, what, what comes up for me is, mm -hmm. is I think about my life. I think about the examples in my life, in, in my home. Mm -hmm. This was not the way I saw marriage being done. And and you'll hear this, you guys, as we talk more. I love my parents did the best they could. I love them. I forgive them. So that's the foundation in which I'm talking. Um, but they did not know. They didn't know Jesus. They didn't know. And so I grew up in this place where, you know, they divorced. I remember the day they got divorced. I was or they got separated. I was in like fourth grade. And I just, you know, then they were separate. And both really emotionally unavailable, alcoholism, mm -hmm. you know, and so this was not the example that I have known. And yet I have been a Christian 24 years now. I met my husband in church, but when we got married, y'all, it and I know this scripture, and I'm a I'm a Christian, but what comes up for me is this generational stuff that God mm -hmm. is eating out of me. And so I come across this scripture. And I'm like, I want to be this. I want to yeah. live this. But then my actions don't always align, mm -hmm. not because my heart doesn't want to be there, but because I feel like in marriage, it has brought out and brings out the best and the worst in me. And in a good way, right? I love, um, I think it's Gary Thomas that says, um, marriage isn't to make you happy, but to make you holy. Oh, and so amen. this is the place where God is working out in me right? That yes, I want to align my life and live this way, but I don't always. And I, it's a chance for me to come back to this because this is the foundation I want to live on. But, but for me, I'm like, okay, you know, be reverent in the way that I live and not addicted to too much wine. I'm like, just there, right? You know, <laughs> what does that look like? And, and, and how do I live that out? And how is God working in me in that? Because I don't, I'm a very rebellious person by nature and reverent is not who I am in my flesh, but it, who is who I am in Christ. Christ. And so it's, mm -hmm. it's though like, so I'm, I'm, um, I'm, I'm trying to walk in that, right. <laughs> That's our daily battle. I mean, we're daily fighting our flesh. And I too, I didn't have an example of, I mean, my mom was on, had several marriages in my lifetime. And so I never had an example of that reverence of that respect. And so how do you do something you've never seen acted? Mm -hmm. Like you just start, you know, making it up. And so, yeah, I completely agree. And then just our sinful nature takes over our divine nature, right? Divine nature yeah. to be like the Lord. And we're constantly, 
with like that's why I said 85%, but it should have been like I wanted I was being really optimistic. It's more like 35% because we're really like we're like on a quarter full without Jesus, right? And we're just trying to get to full constantly, um, striving on our own. And so it's just a walk. And you're right, like he's seen the best of me, he's seen the worst of me. <laughs> And I think it's important to point out, like, um, Jen, you were saying that I think sometimes we feel that once we have Jesus, once we've been saved, we're this new creation, that the battle is over. It's like everything is supposed to be great. And now I'm supposed to be perfect. Now I'm no longer going to struggle. And so then we blame ourselves and we feel the shame and guilt. Like, I just do not, am I ever going to get this? But I'll be the first one to stand up and raise my hand and say, listen, I don't come to you. We don't. Any of us here come to you from a place of arrival. Mm, (laughs) You know, we have all figured out that our marriages are great. Our children are great. You know, like perfection. No, we are all, (laughs) you know, working this thing out. Work, you know, it's a sanctification process. And my marriage sanctifies me. Motherhood sanctifies me like none other. (laughs) You know, like- can you define what sanctified means? Cause I also feel like when I was first walking, there was a lot of church words that I just didn't know what they meant. And I know we call it Christianese. So what do you mean by sanctify? When I, when I say sanctify, I mean like the process of, you know, you have accept Jesus as your personal savior, you love the Lord. And then this process of becoming more like him, you know, mm-hmm. day by day, you're becoming more like him. You're, you're burning off all that flesh, you know, that says I'm rebellious my way, you know, and this impatience, <laughs> you know, that I have with Reese and that I can have with Chris sometimes. It's like it marriage and motherhood. It makes me more like Christ than anything else. And I think those are the closest relationships you have where people really know you. Right. Yeah. Because you all like I interact with you, but you haven't seen the Tiffany that Chris sees. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't seen the Tiffany that Reese sees, you know. And so it's like this ongoing sanctification of um, becoming more like Christ and allowing it to. Yeah. Make us. Jen, you were you said before when we were talking about um, transforming our minds, that transformation from the inside out allowing our 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 minds to be renewed because I didn't have like the two of you talked about a good example either it's like my father he died he passed away in the car accident when I was seven so my sister was four my baby sister I was seven and my older sister was nine and so my mom she did get remarried but that step-parent kind of relationship is kind of like uh you're here but I don't really have a connection with you and like my grandparents, I love them to death, but they sh- they didn't even share the same bedroom. <laughs> I don't even know if my grandma liked the man, you know? <laughs> you know, so I'm like, what? So you don't have these good examples, but we have Christ. You know, we have our word that transform us. So although we did not have those examples, we're not lost without a guide or without yeah. hope. And I think that's also where, so for me, some of the older women in the church that I know, when I, you know, I have specific, specific examples in my mind where I've actually seen this be lived out and I'm like, oh, I can be like that. I can, I can 
Um, when my husband's talking, I can really listen. I can let him make decisions in my household because I trust God or I can, um, I, respect is a big one. My husband really, it, it's also in his nature. I know what the Bible says it, right? Husband, yeah. you know, wives respect your husband, husbands love your wives. But my husband really just culturally, even respect is huge. And I, the way I move my hand, the way I make facial expressions, right? It's from the inside of the heart, the mouth speaks and it comes, shows up in my face sometimes and it will trigger. And so just even learning how to like pray and trust when we're talking and, and for him, encouraging words, like just is, is so helpful. But I've seen older women in my life live this way. And I hold them as examples of like, okay. And now I realize, man, I'm 46 younger women are watching my marriage and how I look at my husband and how I encourage him and, you know, and then my children in my own home, you know, I'll tell you, we, it's so funny. It's not funny. It's funny. Not funny. My kids the other day, my husband and I were, um, we were about to take my 16 year old just got his permit and my husband, I'm like, oh yeah, we can go, we can go on the main road. And my husband was like, no, I don't think you should go on the main road. And I'm like, and he was like, I'm te like, so y'all are just listening to this. I like moved my hand. Right. <laughs> and, and so then we get in the car and we went back and forth for a second and it wasn't harsh. It was somewhat playful and somewhat not. And <laughs> he said, y'all were acting like you, so each of you wanted the last word. And I'm like, Oh, mm -hmm. right. So it's like in those moments of like, mm -hmm. Oh, why didn't I just, he was just trying to look out for us. It's not like, but I'm like, he can do it. He's like, no, you should wait. I mean, it was in the middle of the snowstorm. It was, you know. <laughs> I think I might be on Rondi's side on this. <laughs> and then we were texting each other. Like I texted him, somebody listening, because he kept he kept repeating himself. And I'm like, I heard you. You said it like five times, right? And then he, so it was just funny, right? I'm like, these are the ways it shows up for me in my home. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, let me just step back and him if I would have just said you know what honey that's really wise thank you for caring you know and being here and like if that would have been my response that like you know I can go back and now live that right right yeah <laughs> and you're absolutely right Jennifer so I, te I, I teach a Bible study on sexuality and it's God's design for sex and marriage and they say the three foundations for a man is respect companionship and sex. Like those are the three foundations of why women was made for companionship for men. And so you're, I don't think it's just your husband who even, I, I even feel yeah. like those passive husbands, everybody wants to be respected. Like that's, yeah. everybody wants to be seen. Everybody wants to be heard. And so everybody wants to be, um, feels like their opinion is valuable. And I yeah. think that might've been that in that circumstance. And, and, and the same to token, you wanted to be respected too. You're like, no, this is my son too. I think he's fine. Like he can do this. And so, in the snow. Snow. No, just kidding. <laughs> it's great practice. He lives in Massachusetts. Like, come right. on. <laughs> I see both sides, but right. Um, but you're absolutely right. We this is something we we don't get right every single time. And but there are examples. And even though you are you and your husband are a beautiful example of godly marriage, mm -hmm. you're still striving for perfection like and i, I want to say strive you're still trying to reach perfection where that's like every single day until we get to glory mm -hmm. which we'll actually see and experience and be 
perfected. That's what we're trying to do. And I feel like as long as you're trying and it's so good that you have people in your life to hold you accountable, even your yeah. children to be like, mom, dad, like, come on. Let's have some <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think it's because of Jesus, right? It's because like, I, I can think differently. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about, well, he said it like this, or he kept repeating himself. No, I get to be like, okay, what is God showing me? Mm-hmm. Right. Fine. And how can I love my husband in this? I don't have to do it like the world does. I don't have to get angry yeah. and mad. I can be like, humble out, right? Yeah. yeah. How did I respond? And and for me, like, that's how this scripture comes alive of yeah. like every time. Like, okay, you know, oh, he's telling me what to do. No, he, he loves me. He's in my home. He loves our children. Yeah. He's wanting to speak into their lives. He's wanting to help me. Like, that's where my perspective can go versus yeah. don't tell me what to do. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's the rub for me. That's the rub. Yeah. yeah. And that's and I, the refinement that Tiffany yeah. is talking about. That's the sanctification. That's the hard stuff that makes you look more like Jesus. Yes. But if you just surface over it and don't go through it and dig into it, you're not being refined. Yeah. And I always like to say, um, you know, because in our marriages, right, the whole point of it is that we are bringing glory and honor to him, to God, to Jesus, um, to the Holy Spirit who's in us. You know, we don't want to grieve him either. And so I always say my husband is just a recipient of the love that I give to God, right? Because I'm like, ultimately I'm honoring him. So it's not about me trying to win this argument or me trying to get the last word. And you, and you know, cause I think sometimes we look at that as a sign of weakness. Like I gotta get the last word. Like mm, he think he gonna tell me what to do, you know? So we have to exert our power. And I'm like, Jesus was humble. It's like, okay, that works. Okay. We're not doing, okay, that's fine. And I'm, and I'm like, Lord, I'm doing this because of you. I'm honoring you. And he just gets the benefits of my honor to you. I'm like, yeah, it has nothing to do with you, sir. Okay. Because, you know, it, it, but it has everything to do with God. And I think, you know, in our world today, it's important to have that you know, that perspective, because so many of us look at the way the world do it instead of how God calls us to do it, to love one another and to um, submit. Cause that's one of those words that's always like, Oh, I got to submit, but you know, it's for, you know, our good and his glory and Titus, you know um, it, it says, you know, so that the, we adorn the word of Christ, that we adorn the gospel. You know, when you think about adorn, it's like making something more beautiful. You know, we adorn ourselves with makeup and jewelry and all. like think about adorning the word of God. Like I can do that with the way I act. You know, that's powerful to me. Like I can adorn God's word with, you know, my actions and then just having that perspective you know, it's just, that just, I don't know. It blows my mind. <laughs> and that he will use broken people to do it, right? <laughs> yeah. That's beautiful. And I think um, that, first of all, a lot of our listeners are going to give a very robust of vocabulary <laughs> after this. Um, and it's all really practical tips that I feel like I wish somebody would have told me earlier on in my marriage of, 
And submission is power, which we're, we're not going to get into all that because we've been here for a while, but we're going to talk about it in the upcoming episodes. We're going to continue to talk about Titus and grow on this one verse. And I love how the word is living like that. You can take one verse and we could probably talk about it for hours, mm -hmm. um, but we're not going to keep you here for that long. <laughs> I do want each of you, because you guys are so... Um, Anointed. I want you to share at least one practical tip you would give a woman, uh, a woman who is looking to honor her husband um, so that she could be so that not that so she could be seen so that God could be seen through her by honoring her husband. What is like one or two practical tips you would give them? I got one. So this is this is a practice that I, I have to do and it helps me to get to that place. And it's, you know, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, think about such things. And so I kind of just did it right in that moment. I have to remember um, and be grateful and think about the good of my husband. So it's three to five. Mm -hmm. things. This, this is actually a, a, my one of my mentors, one of my lead ministers, Elisa, I love you. Um, uh, was she would put up a gratitude list on her refrigerator about her husband. And I mm -hmm. think that that is the biggest tip. Like for me is remembering and being grateful for who he is and what he does, because then I can remember that he's a man who loves God and that's his heart instead of a man who's trying to control me or who's trying mm -hmm. to um, hurt me, which he's not. And even in his sinful nature, like he doesn't want, you know, so I think gratitude, if, if I can remember five things that I'm grateful for about who he is, it really then helps to put everything in perspective for me so that I can be in this place. And, and they also say like picturing Jesus on his shoulder, <laughs> you know, when he's talking, <laughs> Jesus, like you said, Tiffany, that it's not about him, but I'm accountable for me. Mm -hmm. I think those mm -hmm. are my two, my two tips that help me out. Oh, can I give one more? I'm sorry. Yes. yes. We need all of them, actually. <laughs> we will hear, you'll hear this from me a lot because I feel like I always have to remember who I am, that God loved me when I was a sinner. Mm. And if God loved me when I was a sinner, how much more, like how, how am I to even look at someone else, especially my husband? Because a lot easier to do this with people outside yeah. my home, but inside my home, like, Okay, but I just spoke to you funny last week. Yesterday I was rude to you. I wasn't. I was selfish here. But who am I to then turn? So I I have to remember who I am and what God has saved me from. So gratitude, Jesus on the shoulder, and remember who I am, and it really helps me to then come back in alignment with most things, but particularly in my marriage. Yeah, that's good, Jen. <laughs> I need a gratitude list, you know, because we do forget. I think, you know, and too, when you look at scripture all throughout scripture, God constantly tells, remember, 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 remember over and over and over again. That's just a theme. Like even the festivals that they had, the Sabbath, the even now in communion is to remember because we forget, you know, so often, you know, it we forget. <laughs> and so it's important for us to have those reminders. And I think for me, I know you're probably going to be like, Ugh. but for me, what has really truly transformed me is the word of God, just reading his word. And I have to say, like, I came to Christ when I was seven. And my premise for coming to Christ was that my father had died in a car accident. And so they taught, right, that if I wanted to see him again, then I had to do 
then become a believer. And so I was like, well, I want to see my dad. So I got to be baptized because I'm going to cry. I want to see my dad. And so, but I did not know that there was so much more to the gospel, to Christ than just going to heaven, right? Like there's a right here and a right now that we are to live a certain way. But I did not know that. So here I am going through my life going, and I'm, I don't know. You know, like I, I said earlier, um, it's like I'm going to church, I'm tithing, but then I go home and live with a man I'm not married to. You know, and just like this identity. So it's like, and then I don't, I would read the Bible, I would do devotionals, but to be completely honest, my first time, my first year that I have ever read the Bible was like two years ago at 39. That was my first time ever reading the Bible from cover to cover, from Genesis to Revelation. And since then, I can't get enough of it. Like it is something as supernatural about the word of God where we come to know who we are why were we created, our purpose. And so when we learn that, I just feel like we know who we are. We know who he is and what he's done for us, what he's done for us. If we can keep that perspective, like I am living for Christ. Christ gave up everything for me. He died for my sins. Like I owe him my life. Like, and, so, and that looks like Surrender into my husband, if that looks like submissive, if that looks like me being a stay-at-home mom and homeschool and not having this fixed figure career, that it's hard, right? It's hard. But God, if that's what you want, here it is. Like I owe that to you. I owe that to you. So that, I mean, it's just something. I'm just something about the word of God. It's transformative. It transforms you. It does something like it's sharper than any two-edged war. And it it it, yeah. Now I would say read your word and maybe it's not reading the Bible from cover to cover. Maybe it's a scripture a day or may, just read it and trust that he is supernaturally working in you. Amen. So Jen took a few of mine. No, she only took one of mine, but I'd have to round. I feel wrap this up with prayer. Um, I can't change my heart posture without Jesus. Yeah. I have to continually come to him in prayer to change my thoughts, to change my tongue, to change my heart, to change my mind. And so I, I, I'm like one of those people who look like they're talking to themselves all the time, but I'm usually praying to Jesus. <laughs> and I, and I mean, and he listens, not only does he hears, first of all, which is a difference from listening. And he listens to even the things that you didn't think he heard you say. And he holds, he holds his word. He keeps his promises. And I was just sharing with his sister, like my husband is just growing so deep with the Lord. And these are prayers that I prayed probably like seven or eight years ago. Mm -hmm. And it's just now I'm seeing it. And he's also reminding me that I prayed those prayers. And so I feel like in order to um, let God be seen through my relationship with my husband, I have to come to him and fix my eyes on him and not the things of this world. And that's, I started with prayer. I solidify it with learning from him and learning who God is through his word. And then I act it out, like Jennifer says, and I actually apply it when my flesh rears up. I take a moment, I grab those thoughts captive and I mm -hmm. change. And so I feel like people, all of these things that we said, mm -hmm. people are like, that's not enough. 
but it's more than enough. A simple prayer is more than enough. God's word is infinite <laughs> right there. And then you're changing your heart and your actions will change the way you love your husband. I, I can't keep promises because I'm not God, but I will hold true and steadfast to that. If you do these things, you will change the way you and your husband love each other. And just even if he's not there yet, you will lead by example because that's also hard. Like some of us women, we have men who we love fiercely, but they just they're not in the same path with the Lord as we are at this moment. But keep walking in obedience and keep being that example in your home. Your husband will step up and he will lead. The Lord has promised us that. And so, um, yeah, we have more. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to just say, D, I appreciate when you said um, there are women listening and who then don't think it's enough because I can feel that, you know, because we, you know, we want to do right. Give me the five steps. How, how do five steps to fix my husband, five steps to fix my <laughs> life? You know, like, what are they like? I'm tuning in, like how I'm going to get him to get on board with my plan. And yeah. so it's like, you know, but but it is enough. Right? And it might take seven or eight years. You gotta be, you have to pray without ceasing. Mm -hmm. God is listening. And he's also in the silence. He's working on whatever you're praying for. And I feel like we, um, we get discouraged because we don't have those fix it genie prayers. Like we pray, we rub the lamp and then it's (laughs) all fixed. And sometimes it just takes time because God is doing work in that time. Everybody, thanks for listening to us. We're so excited to be able to dive deeper with you guys. And we have a deeper study devotional for you to dive into Titus 2. Our heart is to be in community with you, to be able to help disciple your heart so that we can grow closer to Jesus. So go ahead, down in the show notes, click to become part of the Ardent Wives Club exclusive, and you'll get access to a devotional on our study here in the context of Titus. We look forward to diving deeper with you guys. See you soon. Um, I want to encourage women to keep listening to us. This was our first official episode. We're going to continue dissecting this um, verse in Titus about loving our children and self-control and how to be pure in our home and how to, to really serve our home and be kind and be submissive. We're ending with submission. (laughs) 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 But it's going to be a seven part series that we're sharing. And um, we pray that you guys give us any feedback, any questions that you may have, anything you want to add to the conversation, definitely share it here. Until next time, keep crying, keep laughing and grow closer to Jesus.